Welcome to the Labyrinth of the First Gen. This week we are continuing the conversation with One Love, which is an organization that is based in St. Croix, dedicated to the activism, the visibility, and the allyship around the LGBTQ population in the Virgin Islands and the Caribbean. On this episode, we're going to dive deeper into One Love as an organization, what it meant for them to start One Love, and how do they envision the mission of One Love in the future. Here's a small snippet of this week's episode. This is Jamal, who is on the board of the One Love team and is from St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. I feel that if there were organizations like this when I was growing up and I was still trying for what in the world is going on with me, that maybe I would have felt more comfortable in expressing myself much than I, I, I came to, to figure this out. This is season two of Labyrinth of the First Gen where we will hear the stories and the wisdom of leaders of African descent to learn more about how they are creating paths and breaking barriers across Central America and the Caribbean. This is Labyrinth of the First Gen, where we are pioneers just by simply existing. Last episode, we talked a lot about one love as an organization but what jay bobby and jamal emphasized to me was that starting one love wasn't as easy as it sounds right there was a lot of things that happened and a lot of things that they had to face in order for them to start this organization and also make a commitment to do this work the drama of us deciding okay we need to (laughs) we need to do this we need to be a a non-profit we need to do the work i don't know if that's what like because i didn't go through the drama of okay because for us it wasn't it wasn't like we basically had to face our traumas jay bobby and jamal talked about the experience of what was it like for them to join the pride parade for the first time and and highlighting that it was putting themselves and their lives on the line and we had to face our fears before we decided okay we're gonna do the work it it wasn't just we 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 were not i wouldn't say we weren't confident but to us it felt like we were putting our life on the line when we joined the parade so yeah, I don't right, know yeah. what Bobby wants to go over because I know I just skimmed through it and I act like it's ah I did a, I did I mean, a textbook definition. I mean, it's just exactly what you were saying. It was for me when we started to join the parade. All of us, I think, had the same kind of feeling that you know, as my the day I die, and that's that's what it is. <laughs> We're gonna have to push push forward, and so just like Jay was saying, it was just like we had to. I guess that was, a, I don't know, a, a sort of, I don't know if an initiation or something, but it was definitely, 
experience that position does to be able to deal with future fears because I think that what is and I wish I, I wish this was the case and and there's so many brave people that I know who within you know I feel like can be themselves without fear but sometimes I, I, I do still experience fear and knowing how to handle that fear and and combat it is really important because we're going to enter a lot of scary situations but you have to know how to be able to press forward but also preserve yourself i do feel like there is for me i do have a hyper awareness doing this work and i do try to hold on to as much privacy that i can about my life while doing this work because for us initially it was it was a fearful thing to not only join the parade but to decide we're going to become a nonprofit and we're going to do the ad- the advocacy work so i i guess to me i guess i should take that as a proud moment i don't really think about it in depth like that but babi did make me realize that the bravery that we have in actually taking on this work and the obstacles that we went through not only in the community but within ourselves to be able to do this work i don't know if jamal had the same experience as it comes to you now you got you overcome uh, something to do the work here's how jamal shared his own experience yeah because i i honestly think there are times i'm still sort of trying to i was at times i they, i had to sort of for lack of better term i think i had to make peace with myself maybe years and years ago as i you know it's like hey i'm gay I, i had to say that to myself some years back and the process by which you had to you know was like you're you're coming out to yourself you're coming out to everybody else you're basically not comfortable enough to say these things Jamal talked about some challenges that are ongoing especially dealing with accepting yourself but also dealing with how you're being received as a queer person in your community some few weeks ago i had you know i was just randomly in a facebook forum and somebody you know throws out a gay slur at me and i'm like okay that's all you have the fact that i am now at this point where i would say the fact that i am at this point now where i'm like okay that's all you have i was not at this point even just 5 years ago so to be at this point I was like okay that's all you have you are it's like i even joke with the professor it's like oh are you mad that i didn't pay you attention on the app or something like that so the fact that i myself have come to this point where that is so much would want every other person to have to be at this point I was like hey this is what you are you there's absolutely nothing you can do about that as as besides living it and i said that years ago i was going to live in this i don't care what any of you say about me i have to live in this existence this is mine if you want to live your existence some some other way that's for you but i have to go and be comfortable in myself 
Jamal mentioned that learning is an ongoing process and the importance of learning from people in your community and learning from people who have expertise on things that you may not know. So it's it is this it is this process by which you 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 slowly learn it and i say this as somebody is like i'm learning all this thing every day there are things that i did not know and i'm trying to say okay you don't know everything and it's important to surround yourself with the experts and once you have the experts and they tell you hey don't say this say this be careful of this i think just with that you were allowing progression and with allowing progression that's i think that's all we want we want we want the progression we want to see things improve you mentioned a lot about generational differences and serving different generations when we're thinking about the lgbtqia community how do those generational differences show up Uh, what are maybe some challenges that come with serving communities from different age groups for the older generation I think that I think it's more of a time of the day type of thing like for the nightclub event we actually had to start early and end at 2 o'clock and the reason we started so early is because we wanted the older generation to come I think we need to do more events geared towards them because you know they walk up days have gone so we might do a club event for dancing and partying and it's it's not their style or they need to be in bed by nine o'clock. So I think we do for the older generation in order to serve them, we need to gear more events towards them. I think they love the educational panels. Jay highlighted that although there's differences um, between the needs of older generations versus younger generations, there are some similarities between the groups. I think the older generation, the younger generation kind of have some similarities because what I've noticed is that some queer folks from the younger generation are actually even though they would walk in their truth, they're not vocal about their queerness. Where our generation, the millennials, we're very vocal. So it's more of like, I see the older generation as being the L, don't ask, don't tell, I'ma live my life. I see our generation as being, I'ma be loud. You gonna know, you gonna see it, you gonna hear it. And then I see Generation Z as being I'm comfortable expressing my gender identity, dressing how I want, but I actually don't need to come to your event because they have their spots where they like to like to party, but you won't really see them as as much in the events that we created. They would be more in their own little spots and they're not as vocal about their queerness, but they're still accepted. That's, that's one of the great mysteries of the glass ceiling that Jamal was talking about. 
In discussing generational differences and similarities, we also talked about what are some things that were surprising. The first parade, I feel like it cracked the glass ceiling and certain things came out of breaking that barrier. And one of the things that I did not expect was for Generation Z to be more quiet, exist, but be more quiet about their existence. Jay, Jamal, and Bobby talked about their work of understanding and continuing to understand what the younger generation's needs are. Whereas Bobby more focuses on the older generation, I am very curious about how we can serve the younger generation. What are their needs? Do they need more virtual events? Do they need more virtual spaces? Do they feel comfortable in virtual spaces than in public spaces? Do they need the social events or do they need us to do more work in the public school so that they could feel comfortable in school? So I think their needs are different. And I'm currently doing my research and learning to see what exactly their needs are. But I can tell that it's different. We are going to take a quick break and we will continue when we return. Hello, everyone. This is Wayu Shamika here. And I just want to take a moment to express my appreciation and gratitude for all the folks that have tuned into the Labyrinth of the First Gen this year. And I also want to say happy holidays to you. There are two things that I want to announce. And the first one is thank you for um, continuing to write your reviews and provide those stars on um, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you're listening to. In addition to that, I have launched the short, less than five minute survey where you could tell me what are some things that you appreciated or what are some things that you would love to hear for season three of Labyrinth of the First Gen. Something that is also really exciting in the works right now is that I'm offering free 30-minute office hours with me so you get to schedule um, an appointment I'm gonna put that link in the show description and we can spend 30 minutes talking about maybe your feedback from one of the episodes or a moment in one of the episodes that stood out to you Or we can discuss if you are a storyteller, a person of color yourself, and you have many different ideas for a podcast or brainstorming what um, potentially a brand could look like for yourself. That can also be a conversation. So you can bring anything during this time. And I am looking forward to getting to know the audience of the Labyrinth of the First Gen and getting to know you. And we are back. This is the Labyrinth of the First Gen. Here is Jamal, who talked about how thinking through generational needs are important. I think I'm agreeing with what both of you are saying. It's definitely trying to find that sort of happy medium when it comes to these things, because like you said, when it comes to the millennials, I think the millennials right now are, hey, you know, we can be here, we're going to do what we want. 
the what it's it's generation it's gen z i think gen z is pretty much still trying to maybe it's that the millennials have set it up to say okay we have we're going to be here and we're going to tell you about this stuff and maybe gen z has said okay this has been established so maybe we don't feel as if we have to tell you this and it's like you should not be assuming anything about anybody it's just like oh it's like oh she likes girls okay that that's none of my business <laughs> so I'm, I'm i'm thinking maybe that's what it is that we may not we we probably cannot assume anything and we still have to try to find this happy middle ground and jamal made reference to how this also shows up in saint thomas i think that's the same thing that's happening in saint thomas where we have to find this sort of happy medium because like i said i know there is a heavy population of that's called in the dls there is this heavy population of this and we would have to find this kind of heavy middle to say okay maybe they would feel more comfortable in expressing themselves if they found that space to say okay i can be myself without fear of you know persecution you have to find this happy space where you can exist you can be free one of the questions that i have is around the mission of one love as it is right now and the work that you do do you anticipate the mission changing um in the future um as you all mentioned future generations it looks very different right what their needs are and figuring out what their needs are do you anticipate the mission changing as well with the generation i think the mission will remain the same but the way we go about achieving it is going to change based on what that generation tells us that they need cuz i do plan to do some focus groups with the college level gen z and also high school level and based on these based on these presentations that we've had some of these queer youths are actually coming out and saying like like basically jamal said they don't feel like they have to say i am this like there are safe spaces being created in elementary schools for trans and non-binary kids to use the restroom you know there are clubs being created in the high schools for queer kids so i don't think the mission of creating those safe spaces and those programs or social educational programs are going to change i think the way it looks is going to change based on the needs of that generation yeah and I, i i think that's what this looks like is the fact that this will not look the same for everybody we must be i i think we must be a bit cautious as to how we go about thing because like like we have been saying this journey does not look the same for every person whether it be you know the privilege that you may have the things that you have access to it's going to look radically different for all of us so i i really think it's just going to depend on 
you know what you have access to and what is in front of you it's it's really going to depend on that and i i really do not believe that this i don't think that the overall goal does not change it's just that how we go about it may look different how would how i may go about it may look different than anybody else does so i, I think it's just a matter of interpretation i would want to hear from bobby from jay jamal for you what does what is your overall mission for being part of this organization and what do you envision as being your work for the future of this organization this is how bobby responded to this question just immediately what i'm thinking about is one of the first events that we or the conferences that we went to um, as one of the student organization I think, Jay, you were there too. It was a creating change. It took place in Chicago. And one of the events that was really, that was the most affecting for me was when we, there was like this uh, Vogue event. It was, there was a kind of a mini ball that happened. And that was really, really empowering because it was seeing queer people just be able to be themselves and be joyful and just be free to express themselves and just 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 be and i think that the mission for me would be to do all that i can to be able to bring people in the virgin islands that same freedom especially like john was saying earlier people black and brown people people who are local Virgin Islanders who are more caught in the, what should be a support system, but is sometimes a web of familial ties that forces discretion and causes a lot of anxiety. So I, I hope that's what I would push for is to continue to fight for people to be able to have and to enjoy that freedom and enjoy the joy of just being themselves. Jamal talked about what One Love as an organization meant to him and for his community. Wow, this is really a question to consider, but I do think a lot of it boils down to like what we have been saying. It's, you know, it's the ability to exist. I, I would love it that it's maybe it's some younger person still trying to figure it out and they're seeing organizations like this and they're seeing spaces being created for people who may not necessarily fit into this perfect little box and once they see that this is this support system exists and there are people who are rooting for them and they may not even realize that these people are rooting for them this is what is going to make the difference and before we are dealing with a very sort of conservative population there so once again it is these it is this establishing of these spaces to let people know hey this exists there's no problem with you and there are these people here who want the utmost best for you okay for me 
personally i want to i want the organization to always exist even if i'm no longer to have my boots on the ground to do the work so so i actually thought that this was something i would have to wait five years to accomplish and it's happening in year three so for me i'm just like really grateful for everything that we've been able to do so far in the future i more see all of the organizations in the virgin islands working together to create resources virtual resources just basically like jamal said i want queer people to be able to reach out to the organization and know where to go to access health care for their needs whether it's a trans person trying to get hormones or if if it's just a a gay or lesbian person trying to find a doctor that is understanding about their lifestyle and friendly towards their needs you know like i want people from the community to be able to reach out to us and get whatever resource they need um i want to create an environment where i'm i'm very open to people having different opinions um and i respect that need for people to have different opinions although we do live in a conservative island i want an environment where we're respected by the conservatives they don't have to agree with our lifestyle but they can respect the fact that we are from here we are caribbean and we do have needs and we have the right to exist and i want them to reach a place where they're comfortable coexisting with us without feeling like they need to change their values i don't feel like anybody needs to change their values i just feel like there needs to be an agreement to coexist jay highlighted the importance of the lgbtq community having access to the resource that they need and what would a future mean to be able to also provide that and i also feel like within that environment of peace lgbtq people need to be able to access resources and access community and maybe for 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 our community i think in the future we should have a, a lime we should have like a chill spot you know like we we should have a place where we can go to access community and meet other lgbtq people and feel safe in that location so that is also something that i i envision for the future and who knows that might be next year like i'm every year i'm surprised that it's happening faster than the timeline that i envision we talk about cracking the glass ceiling i always feel like you have to chip it away but you never expect for the ceiling to just fall apart by itself because of the work that you've already done so i do see it having a bright future and i think it's something that's gonna always be around and you know i applaud our community and the leaders in the community for actually wanting to learn more about the lgbtq population and educate themselves and actually having that empathy towards us that's something that i didn't think i would see and i'm seeing it a lot i i think we have a bright future thank you to jay jamal and bobby for being here and breaking barriers and doing so much work for one love but also in um the caribbean community 
I appreciate you being here and sharing your vision and wisdom for making um, this world a, a better place. I am going to put the One Love Facebook page on under the description of this episode. So please um, feel free to check that out. We are going to meet back here again next Tuesday for another episode. So stay tuned for that. And I want to thank you for listening to us and for being with us today. I will see you later and be in peace, folks, and have a great rest of your day.